Welcome to the Love Good Podcast brought to you by our patrons. This is Jimmy Mitchell, your host. Join me each week as I sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about music, culture, and what we call the art of being human. You see, Love Good's more than a subscription company, all right? We're a movement of everyday folks like you and me who are letting beauty break through the noise so it can transform our culture from the inside out. Thanks for joining me this week. I'm so pumped you're here. Y'all, can you believe it? We have wrapped up season three of the Love Good Podcast. Well, we're wrapping it up today, all right, with a highlight reel, with the best of, some of our favorite moments with our artists and thought leaders, even our regular contributors like Dr. Ryan Hanning and Father Ryan Adorjan, who you've heard a lot from, but specifically moments with Scott Mulvihill. Marie Miller, Colony House, Matt Marr, Andrew Peterson, Marisol, all right, my faithful colleague and friend, Marisol Alisea, Jordy, Searcy, Jackie Minton, so many amazing moments are about to hit as this very special episode unfolds, but I think it's a really key moment. Yes, in Lovegood's brief little history, but really in human history at large, okay, for all of us to just ask the right questions. And in the midst of chaos, in the midst of crisis, when the whole world still just feels on edge, right? And some of that's COVID-19. Some of that's just an upcoming election here in the United States of America. We're living in a moment where a lot of us are feeling anxious, uncertain, and more than ever needing to root ourselves in what we call around here, the art of being human. What does it really mean to be fully human and fully alive? And I dare say that if Love Good has a proposal to the world, a thesis for the world, it's that artists have something to teach all of us because beauty is the best way to truth, right? Beauty that captivates us, draws us in. It could be a sunset. It could be a newborn child. It could be an epic, beautiful mountainous view or it could be a symphony, or it could be the kind of music that our patrons love and support through Love Good. All of those encounters with beauty ultimately lead us to the truth, the truth of what it means to be human, to be fully alive, to live with purpose, to live life in such a way, right, that we actually captivate everybody around us because they recognize a joy, an integrity, a confidence that's not rooted in ourselves, that they want themselves, that they want in their own lives. And that's, of course, what then gives way to goodness. So beauty leads to truth, gives way to goodness, this life of pursuing the good, of allowing our hearts to love what is good so we can become what we love and change the world. And so today is a celebration, especially of our artists and of our thought leaders as we round out season three of the Love Good podcast and really shine a light on these eternal truths, these principles and what we call the art of being human. And first up is Scott Mulvihill, all right? The man with the upright bass that just doesn't even know how to slow down his artistic fire right now because it is pumping. And that artistic fire, that creativity that, you know, takes shape in being able to perform with such musicianship. It takes shape in being able to write and co-write songs that people can't get out of their heads. It takes the shape of being a part of a conversation like this. All of that in the life of Scott Mulvihill, like in the life of all of us, requires discipline. It requires structure. We, we can't have fire without form. We can't have desire without discipline. And so this is a really important and deeply human truth that Scott and I dove into only a few months ago. Check it out. 
on the fire side, it's it's like oh, okay, I'll talk about it artistically. Yeah, it's like knowing that I have something that's like new and special. Yeah, and and like ooh, this isn't there yet. I mean, in the world, you know, like this doesn't exist yet. And I'm going to be the one to like make it exist. How cool is that? You know? And and so I'd say a lot of goes into that because when you're creating a song, there's like, there's just a lot of aspects of it. Like musically, what's it like? You know, how does it, what does it sound like? What instruments are creating the music? What's, you know, that's, I would say texture in, in musical terms. It's like texture is like, the instrumentation mm-hmm. and what you decide to belongs and what doesn't belong, you know? So, and that's simple decisions. Like, does this have a guitar on it or not? That's a huge texture question. Like what is, so there's like texture and the sound, there's the lyric and the, and like the emotional content. Is this like a reflective song that is like really personal and deep? Or is this like a fun song? Like, yeah. you know, like in, there's no wrong answer, but getting those like finding a direction where just like you're like my my spirit's like yeah 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 that like mm-hmm. go 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 mm-hmm. and like you kind of feel it like okay I want that to happen yeah, and this yeah. this thing that I'm creating like I'm I'm as soon as I played it like I lit up a little bit and I'm yeah. going there you know so yeah. so that's artistic fire. You know, it's so funny because without structure, without discipline in my own life, things fall apart really fast. I actually lose a lot of my creative and apostolic zeal. I lose that sense of purpose. And so, you know, my rhythm of prayer, my rhythm of work, my my rhythm of even community and leisure, all of that is so very important and so foundational in my own life. We can see that clearly in the life of Scott and so many other brilliant creatives as well. And next up, we've got somebody who, who lives that same rhythm and discipline herself and who also has an incredible artistic fire and an ability to communicate that, not even just with her music, but even in conversation. This is Marie Miller talking about the importance of dreaming, the importance of uh, imagination, and to recognize that all of us, in fact, have a dream, perhaps many little dreams over the course of a lifetime. And we can recognize that they are authentic in as much as they're at the service of others. So this is a really beautiful, brilliant moment from Marie Miller. Recently, I, I heard this quote from George MacDonald, which is that the imagination is the organ of meaning. Uh, and it, he's talking about the story. Yeah. So, and a lot of times when we think of, of stories that deep inside of us, is the fairy tale. Mm. And so this idea that our imagination um, creates meaning for our lives. And so if you, you know, that, what is it? If you believe it, you can do it. Or I can't even, yeah. know, you know, all those, all those Pinteresty sort of things, but they're true. Is that half the battle is believing it and dreaming it. And then there's work involved, right? We can't it. just dream and, you know, and then, and be lazy about it, but we have to believe that we are capable of mm. great things. Mm. And that's, our dreams are not coming out of nowhere. It's, you know, yeah. believing that you can do something great is not in a vacuum. You you were made to do it and that's yeah. why you are dreaming it. And so mm. and 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 for me it's it again going back to saying, "Oh, I haven't done enough or my dreams aren't big enough." 
and realizing that each of us has our own calling and our own dream. And that when we follow that dream, we change the world. Mm. And it doesn't matter how small we think it is. You know, it's funny. I have replayed that conversation with Marie over and over again over the last six to eight months, specifically the part where we jumped into, okay, dreams are at the service of others, but frankly, our fantasies are at the service of our egos. And there's a big difference there. And again, without that baseline of prayer, study, community, leisure, without the disciplines of life, very quickly our dreams can turn into fantasies. And frankly, that's just not helpful. It's going to lead us to all kinds of dead ends and it can really ruin other people along the way. So such a beautiful reminder to have our little dreams and to never forget that they're at the service of others. Well, next up, I've got Colony House. All right. I did not at any point think it was actually going to be possible to get a band as cool as Colony House in the Love Good studio. And well, I should have known better. You know, we've had Drew Holcomb in here. We've had Dave Barnes. We've had Matt Wirtz. We've had some of the most cool singer-songwriters in Nashville, Tennessee. But Colony House blew me away. And this is a a particular moment with Caleb Chapman as he's discussing uh, the importance of hope and how beauty really lifts our soul, how it reminds us what hope feels like. And he talks specifically about the unanswerable questions of life that do lead us to a place of mystery into a place of surrender. Really, really amazing insight. Again, this is Caleb Chapman of Colony House. I've always been struck by that and the importance of that beauty that you talk about. i this is definitely a side note, but when you said the thing about beauty, when there's, if you take beauty out of culture, mm. it starts to like disintegrate more yeah. or less. I was just in Uganda wow. for like a quick trip to see some work with the refugees, the South Sudanese refugees. And, you know, you're in the middle of like nowhere. It's like w- way out there. And someone said, and I can't, I don't know who to quote on this, but they said, you know, when a place is thriving, if there's flowers outside of mm. their house and there's these huts, like these like mud huts and, and they've like, they've got landscaping, yeah, they've man. got flowers and that means there's hope in that place. Mm. And that's powerful. That's like this, that's what we, we want to, we want people to see the flowers outside of the colony house, <laughs> like, you know, that. and this beautiful life was very intentionally a question and we didn't feel like we needed to answer the questions. Mm. Being raised in the church and everything, I I think so often we feel like we have to give people an answer. Like arrive at the resurrection by the mm-hmm. bridge of a song. <laughs> totally, we've, we've missed something. Totally. You know? Some people do really good job at giving answers. I've not. I'm not. I'm <laughs> not a good job. I'm not a good answer. A question answerer. But so so you know, I find my strength, and that is asking questions. And join and having people come along because I think there's value in that and that and there is an arrival eventually somewhere. So good. And I think such an important reminder, especially if you're a know-it-all like me. You know, we all like answers. We all like to know exactly where life is going. We want perhaps science to to back it all up, or we want, you know, if we're faithful Christians, we want doctrine to back it all up. And the reality is life is messy and life is complicated. And there's absolutely no contradiction between faith and reason, between the church and science, right? But the other reality is that there's a lot of life that just simply demands surrender. 
right? Sometimes we think that, you know, what we can't understand or what we can't answer in the clearest language possible is, is a thing to despair of. But in fact, it's often a mystery to surrender to, not a puzzle to solve, but a, a mystery to encounter as we hear here in just a moment from Father Ryan Adorjan, someone that's contributed not only to the podcast, but to Love Good Academy, this ongoing formation experience for our patrons and our apprentices. And he's just one of my best friends in the world. And even specifically in this episode, he talked a lot about being reborn in wonder. What does it look like for all of us to simply re-embrace childlike wonder and to allow our, our lives to be the mysteries that they are and uh, to not again solve it, but rather to enter into it and to embrace mystery for all that it is. So again, this is Father Ryan Adorshan. Do I look at the world? Do I look at the sunset as one damn sunset after another? Or do I see myself somehow in that? Do mm. I see, do I allow that thing to pierce me through to encounter me? Mm. You know, not that it's going to, it's not Teletubby sun, you know, it's going to poke out of the sky and start talking to me. But at the same time, it's something is speaking to me, you know, in that. And am I going to listen to it? Am I going to let mm-hmm. myself stop? Like, remember, it was this morning we were driving and we saw that guy. It was last night. When was that? I don't remember. What was it? Remember the guy last night, I think we were on our way to dinner and there was that man standing on the hill oh, looking was- at the train Watching the sun yeah, go down. Yeah, I was taking you home last night. Yeah, or watching, something. watching on the, the way, sun yeah. go down. Yeah, that was cool. And just watching the train go by. He had his hands in his pockets. Yeah. He was watching a train go by yes. as the sun went down. It's contemplative for sure. You know, and like that is, he's having an encounter with a mystery. Yeah. Remember, a mystery is contrary to what we think, like in Scooby-Doo and Clue. This is why we like Scooby-Doo and Clue, because at the end of the movie, at the end of the TV show, we always know who done it. Yeah. <laughs> we always know there's a resolution, a solution, a perfect kind of answer. But mystery is precisely the thing that will never give us that, because mystery is a mystery. <laughs> Not <laughs> Which, a puzzle to be solved, a reality. Right, exactly. To it's a reality into. to be encountered. Yeah, so a mysterious yeah. thing can be probed and probed and probed, investigated and investigated and investigated, but it will never be solved. Mm. So remember that the sunset, the flock of birds, the, the obnoxious, beautiful child, is those are not problems to be solved. Yeah. But they are moments to be lived. They are mm-hmm. situations to be truly encountered. Mm-hmm. And then out of those encounters, you will be changed. Such an epic thought, right? That mystery can actually change us for the better if we're willing to accept it, to surrender to it, to enter into it. And especially that is true when mystery takes the form of suffering. I've experienced that in my own life with the death of my brother, the divorce of my parents, so many other moments where you're just brought into a a surprise, suffering or pain or sorrow that you didn't see coming. Even the little pinpricks of every day can be really mysterious, right? And yet they can change us for the better. And next up, I've got Andrew Peterson communicating as only Andrew Peterson can this eternal truth that in fact, there are wounds in our lives that have to be pierced, that have to be brought about so that something new can come forth. This is part of a much longer conversation that blew my mind at the very beginning of season three of the Love Good podcast. Again, this is Andrew Peterson. The they say that there's two books of revelation. There's yeah. scripture and there's nature. And so it. the idea that if you 
the idea is that if you want to know what God is like, read your Bible. Yeah. And also pay attention to the world that he made. Mm-hmm. And there's no, I don't think, better way to pay attention to that world, to creation itself, than having a tiny little plot of, to even if it's four foot by four foot, you learn something about God by digging your hands in the dirt and growing tomatoes, whatever it may be. You just will. And it's a way of knowing that you can't know any other way. That's right. right. And so some, and this is stuff that I've talked about before. Sorry if you're at home and you've heard me blab about this, but I get excited about it. But the, it helped me out of a depression. Mm. Like I was in about a two, maybe three year season of depression. And it was a lot of being angry at God, feeling like he was killing something in me. Or I felt like something in me was dying and that it was his fault. Wow. And it felt like, the, the, I remember describing it like it felt like he was like ripping me open and mm-hmm. I didn't understand why. And then I was, went out to, kind of as a, the upswing out of this season of depression happened to coincide with springtime. And I went out into the, the back garden to plant seeds or to plant plants. I forget what it was, but I had my trowel and I literally ripped the earth open. Wow. It was not just a metaphor. You know what I mean? Like I mm. was actually wounding the earth, mm. not because I was angry with it, not because I was trying to hurt it, but because I wanted something good to grow. Wow. And so it was like, oh, that's what you're doing. Mm. Like you're, you're, if he wounds you, he's only doing it because he's, he's growing something new. If something is dying in you, then that thing needs to die. Yeah. But, it, but he, he does that in order to make room for other things. So, you know, in John, I forget which 14 maybe where, where Jesus says, talks about pruning the vine you know he's like he'll take off these branches and i have grapevines and have pruned them and it is violent Mm. but it's the only way to get good fruit and so it's not because he's mad at you yeah you know what i mean that's right so that was tremendously helpful and it was just because i learned to pay more attention to the revelation of nature so crazy to listen back to some of these conversations that were recorded in the fall early winter pre-covid times and to think that suffering is this universal human experience, something that nobody escapes in this life, is in some ways very consoling. And, you know, it's not just the fact that we're going through a, a global crisis right now. It's the fact that all of us are waking up with a human heart every day. That's what leads to suffering. That's what leads to the dark nights of the soul that Matt Marr talks about here in just a moment. And this is a conversation that took place in quarantine with one of my favorite singer-songwriters in Nashville, an old friend. And it's really neat to think that, okay, yeah, Andrew Peterson totally understands suffering before the coronavirus. Matt Marr totally understands it after. And there is actually something to say about embracing it, again, as a mystery, certainly as a mystery, but to recognize that nothing is wasted which was the big take home for me from this conversation again with Matt Marr. When you start reading the mystics, particularly St. John of the Cross, and you start talking about a dark night of the soul and what that means and how he was like, oh yeah, there's been these moments where God will actually intentionally withdraw himself Hmm. or allow himself to seem withdrawn, to give you the distance where you can exercise whatever freedom you have in your will to relinquish it and say, God, I surrender. And that there's a point on the other side of that where you're able to look back and you go, wow, that was really a gift. Now that has nothing to do with a virus. It has nothing to do with people dying of respiratory illness. It has nothing to do with people being on ventilators. It has nothing to do with infrastructure. It has nothing to do with government spending. 
or anything like that. And I think that's part of the problem is when we, we, people start to conflate disaster with, oh, you mean God wanted all these people to get sick and die so that I could grow closer to him? And it's like, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that that stuff is happening because we live in a broken world. In the midst of this brokenness, God is wanting to make his grace and his love more available than ever before to transform the hearts of everyone so that none of this is wasted. That, mm-hmm. that, that sort of the, the light of redemption touches it all. Nothing is wasted. I cannot tell you how deeply I needed to hear that a few weeks ago when Matt and I had that conversation, but frankly, I need to be reminded of it every day, right? That everything is grace, all is gift. Nothing is wasted. That gives me hope, right? Whether I'm making, you know, a hundred mistakes a day, whether I've hurt someone that I love, whether I've fallen into old struggles, whether I'm just sitting here twiddling my thumbs, wondering what to do next some days, all of that can be redeemed, all of it. And the reality is the the way that I am most reminded of truths like that is through community. It's by surrounding myself with people who are better than me. And that's exactly where this conversation with Dr. Ryan Hanning goes. We talk about leisure being at the basis of culture, leisure being the, the very thing that conditions our soul to encounter the true, the good, and the beautiful. But in this excerpt, Ryan talks specifically about festivity, which is what leisure looks like when it is enjoyed with others. Again, this is Dr. Ryan Hanning. Imagine that you were an anthropologist coming back to 2000, this was 1998 or something, coming back to 1998, and just based off of the advertisements you saw, what would you tell about our culture? Hmm. It's a really interesting experiment, right? And it's like walk through. And what you realize is that actually, yeah, leisure, what you aspire to most, those things that you make room for, those things that your work actually is oriented towards allowing you to do, actually speak to what you believe most. Mm. And so you can actually learn a lot about what a culture, right? What a, what a culture being sort of the, the subset of ideas that animate a particular people group. There's a better definitions, but that would be one. You know, leisure is about exactly all the things that we do for the purpose of being who we are. Yeah. So Joseph Pieper says, you know, true leisure looks like festivity. True leisure looks like festivity. All right, I don't know if you are aware of this, but that is exactly why Love Good exists, to build a a culture of true leisure, a culture where all of us can encounter truth, beauty, and goodness together because ultimately we're encountering God himself and we're responding in in the unique and unrepeatable way that only we can to his love, right? That's what the Christian life is all about. That's what the art of being human is ultimately all about. And what I love is that this gets really practical all the way down to how we curate music, books, and art. And so to kind of go from the ethereal and the philosophical here for a moment into the practical, into the realities of everyday life where we're listening to an average of seven hours of music a day, okay? Consuming north of 568 hours of video on Netflix a year. I mean, the the statistics are overwhelming. We're absolutely living in a culture of noise. And what I love about this next conversation with Marisol is we dive into how you actually navigate all the options that are out there. We break open the love good standard. And she talks very specifically about the difference between art that provokes and art that manipulates. Again, this is Marisol Alisea. 
the question is like, what does this provoke in you? Yeah. I watched, we're now we're getting into recommendations, but I watched A Hidden Life the other day. Have you seen it? I want to. It's so good. It's where where so can you good. find it right now? So rent, you can like rent it on Amazon Prime. Sweet. And absolutely worth the like four or five dollars, whatever it is. And this is a long one. It's totally. kind of an indie film, right? That's it's another one like that. It's it's a slow burn. You're sitting there like, <laughs> okay. Um, but I found myself the next two days being totally taken up by thoughts like, Am I willing to give my life for what I believe in? Whoa, yeah. Like, am what would I do in that situation? In like in the movie. The, the priest, his priest, he's so he's faithful Catholic and his priest is telling him like, you don't have to do this. Like, you don't have to die for what what's true. Like, this is wow. this can't be what God is asking of you. You know, right? Like, questions like, would I be able to, in a sense, like disobey this, not disobey, but like not take the advice of my priest when he's telling me like, I don't have to die for what's true. Like, all of these questions are coming into my head these next few days. And I'm thinking like, that's a beautiful beautiful piece of art that provokes, you know? Provokes, like, provokes instead of invades. Yeah. This is exactly where we are so excited to keep growing as Lovegood, which is in offering more conversations like that, where we get really practical all the way down to what kind of music, what kind of movies, what kind of artistry is worthy of our consumption, right? Is is worthy of our intake. You know, the whole world is obsessed with health. I mean, we can see that right now in the aftermath or really the continued unfolding of this pandemic. People are terrified of death and they are kind of constantly freaking out about their health, which is fine. It's good to take care of ourselves. I don't want to understate that. I'm a pretty healthy guy. I get it. But the reality is we're so concerned about physical health, we easily, easily forget the importance of moral and spiritual health. You know, in the midst of this crisis, how many of us are out there really having conversations about the health of the human soul? And guess what? The music you listen to, the books you read, the movies you watch are either disposing your soul to virtue or to vice. So it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And these are conversations that we need to be having. And obviously we have the privilege of coming alongside so many different artists that we know are rooting themselves in the same standards of truth, beauty, and goodness, who we know are putting out music, putting out great art that again is worthy of our consumption. And one such artist is still pretty new to us. His name is Jordy Searcy. And we're so pleased and so privileged to be hosting a house concert, a live stream concert with him in only about a month and a half. So stay tuned for that. But this is an excerpt where he talks how nothing ever really gets better than the intimacy of that deep encounter with other people, with just what it means to be human, what it means to be community, what it means to be culture. I was really moved by this conversation, especially this moment, because sometimes in my own ambitions, I get so caught up in numbers and I forget that actually the best things are always the most intimate. They're always the most personal. Again, this is Jordy Searcy. One thing that I like to say to my friends and to myself is that it never gets any better than sharing a song with one person, like in your bedroom, mm-hmm. writing a song that you like and sharing it with with one other, you know, one other human. That feeling that you get from doing that is as good as any of this ever gets for anybody. And it gets bigger for sure, depending on, you know, career, all that, you know, your path, all those things, but it never gets any better. Right. And so I think focusing on that for me is really important and realizing both in a really uplifting way and also in a contentment way is me making a song for one other person is the goal. And then once I've accomplished that goal, I've done my job for the day. I can do something else, you know? And so I think 
taking that mindset into every show, into every business meeting, into every recording, into every ride, and making all your decisions from that place of like, I just I just want to connect with one other person today. Yeah. You know, it simplifies a whole lot of things. And mm. there's a whole lot of other conversations you can have of, oh man, I, I want to, you know, we've got to we've got to accomplish this goal to have this type of success. Or we need yeah. this piece of art to 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 be able to get into this space or whatever that kind of all goes away whenever you realize you're just trying to connect with one other person. Again, we're super pumped that in about six weeks, we're going to be hosting Jordy here in the Love Good studio, just like we did with Jillian Edwards and Scott Mulvihill. We'll be bringing that live stream directly to you wherever you find yourself. And yeah, more details on that to come. To round out this incredible episode, this uh, highlight of key moments, the best of moments in season three, we've got one of our very favorite singer-songwriters. Her name is Jackie Minton. And Jackie's on the road with us all throughout the year and less so now, but even this summer, we're doing a handful of backyard house shows that Jackie is headlining for our patrons, especially across the Midwest. And Jackie is somebody who just totally gets this privilege of, of being seen and of seeing others, particularly in these intimate moments at a house concert. Again, this is Jackie Minton. I'd say it's fun. It's humbling. Yeah. For sure. Just to walk into someone's home and look them in the eye and sing for them and to have your gift so received. It's unlike any other experience. And it's funny, before I moved to Nashville, I really had the desire to do house concerts. Like I really, I was like, God, I don't know what you want to do with this desire, but I really want to perform for people in an intimate way. Wow. And then we met and then all of those opportunities arose and it was really beautiful. Yeah. But there is something really special about just being with someone and them not really knowing what you have to give or knowing what they have to give and just meeting each other there has been so cool and different every time. And so often we get to share a meal or just like a conversation, a time of hanging out together right before I get to perform and Marisol talks and (laughs) we do the thing. But yeah, it's just different every time. And Mm. I can... I mean, it's easy for me. I'm a worry wart a little bit. I get that from my family, specifically my mother. She knows this. Mm. I love her. She loves me. (laughs) It's great. But I tend to want to look into the future and be like, this is what it's going to look like. And I can see how this is going to go. But it always exceeds my expectations and Mm. flips them on their head and knocks them off the table. And there's just no way to predict. So I love that. All right, all you beautiful people. Thanks for tuning in. This has been a really, really fun walk down memory lane to kind of catch all the highlights of season three and to just remember how much has changed. Like this world that we're living in right now is just different than the one we all woke up in eight months ago. And you know, the best is yet to come, guys. I'm I'm telling you, we are just at the beginning of, of allowing this crisis to become an incredible opportunity for growth, for conversion, for ultimately the evangelization of culture at large. That's my deepest hope. I feel like we're in this really, really crazy moment where the water has gone out. I mean, think about like a super tide. This is an image a really good friend of mine, Randy Rouse always uses, but a super tide is when all the water goes goes out and suddenly you can see the shore. You can see all the rocks, you can see all the junk, you can see everything exposed. And I think that's what COVID-19 has done. It's exposed 
everything and everybody, the best and the worst. And the question is, when that, when that tide comes crashing back in, who's going to catch it? You know, and I, I deeply hope and I deeply believe that it can be the church, that it can be us, that we can stand on the front lines of building a better culture as we keep cultivating this art of being human. Yes, it matters what music we listen to, what books we read, what movies we watch. It also matters how we live. And ultimately how we live is how beauty evangelizes best. So y'all, thanks for being on this crazy, beautiful journey together. Next week, I am so excited to sit down with an old friend of mine, Jason Craig, homesteader, scholar, an incredible husband and father. And he's also the director of an amazing organization called Fraternus. He's also a huge fan of GK Chesterton like me. And so we're going to be doing a four-part series. We'll do a little introductory episode next week, followed by four-part series on Chesterton's perennial work called Orthodoxy. Now we published it about three years ago. So many of you have been patrons for a while. You've already got your hands on the most beautiful publication of this book out there. For those of you who don't yet have a copy, go to lovegoodculture.com slash store. And frankly, this is a book that has changed my life every single time I've read it. It's a book that deeply shaped the imagination of people like C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien. You see, Chesterton was a renowned atheist, became a Christian, eventually a Catholic. And this book is all about his pursuit of truth, his grappling with the philosophies of his time, and ultimately realizing that as he was out there trying to invent his own philosophy, that he had found himself right in the church itself. And again, we're really, really pumped to do something very special before we go into season four by way of this orthodoxy book series and a few other surprises as well as the summer unfolds. So nothing but love and prayers from Nashville. God bless you. Massive thanks for tuning in to the Love Good Podcast. If you like this week's episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, share it on social media, leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and then join us on the front lines of building a better culture by subscribing as a patron at joinlovegood.com. Our patrons get all kinds of incredible exclusive content, such as a weekly long-form video of the podcast, a monthly live stream house concert with our artists, and a seasonal package that will raise your standard for music, books, and art forever. Thanks again for tuning in. It's an honor to accompany you as you change the world.